0: This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. We are two days removed from the 4th of July, and I just want to say something real quick. I am very lucky to have been born in this country. My life is in this country. Uh, It is, in my opinion, one of the greatest countries in the entire world. And uh, we have the freedoms to say what we want and, for the most part, do what we want. And you can't get that in a lot of other places in this world. And uh, so huge fan. <laughs> like, if I was to, uh, if I was to uh, give the United States a review, I would give it five stars. Now, we have our problems, right? We have our disagreements with each other, and that's the, the cool thing about that is we, the people, have the power to make change, right? And we do that by voting. If you're one of the uh, people who, they, who does a lot of bitching but doesn't vote, well, I have no time for you. Right. So that's the best part about this country is our 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 power is in our vote and and in our voice. And that's how we speak our mind. So uh, I just encourage everybody to vote um, how you want to vote. You know, if you want to see change, you have to be change. You have to take action and action is through voting. So there's my uh, Fourth of July Independence Day uh, speech. Now, imagine this. For the last couple of years, you've been watching a very big buck. And I mean a buck that this year has the potential to be a state record. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, I got a guest. His name is Barrett Burns. And Barrett has been watching this particular buck. And actually, it's two bucks. But one of them is potentially the walking Tennessee state record typical and knowing where it's at knowing where he lives potentially knowing what winds he uses to move back and forth in certain areas and that's what this episode is about i just think that is absolutely crazy that you know where this deer is at i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of people that can do that right if you manage large chunks of private property you may have the ability to keep deer on all year around uh, on on property and manage their whereabouts through um, manipulation of timber uh, bedding uh, food sources all that stuff the kicker is this is on public land in a big big piece of public land where a lot of other people hunt so We're not gonna get into the details of where per se, but we are gonna get into the details of how he learned about this buck. We're gonna get into the details of his strategy the last couple years leading up to this year, where it sounds to me like Barrett is gonna be going for broke. Like it's this deer or his running partner or nothing. And, uh, that's the strategy today, man. I, I really do think, uh, you guys are going to enjoy this episode. I enjoy recording episodes like this, especially, you know, I always, uh, I always say, you know, it's not about the size of the antlers, it's the experience. But when that experience <laughs> potentially has really big antlers, that's just a bonus, man. So, uh, I I just want to say i'm sending barrett as many good vibes as humanly possible because uh, after this conversation man i hope he connects uh on this deer this year now before we get into today's episode man if you're looking for a high quality saddle you need to go check out tethered uh tethered has saddles they have uh climbing sticks they got all the accessories that you need uh, for a saddle and not only that but they have a ton of content on their website and YouTube channels showing you how to properly use a saddle. And uh, not only do they, they have the product, but they care enough about their customer to teach them how to use it. And that's very important. Wasp Broadheads, man, uh, love the company. I cannot, I, I was talking to a guy this weekend and I said, you know, I, I, I want to... I I want to go after big antler deer, right? I want to shoot a big mature buck this year like like always. But there's this little part of me this year that wants to slay, like just stack bodies. And I know that may sound bad to someone who is not uh, uh, initiated into the hunting community or the hunting like deep into it. But there's something about fill in your freezer that i did last year where it's just fun and you can look in there and go i did that and i can feed my family and and the meat that we're cooking i can say i did that and so that's a win that's a win for me and that makes me excited and you know big antlers make me excited too but um the the food thing is just a whole different layer the reason i'm saying this is because i have a broad i have a broad head that does a shit ton of damage it's it makes it's con, it it gives me confidence right and that's what it's really all about is having confidence in your equipment and i know that when i put a um, a broadhead through a wasp broadhead through an animal it's going to cause massive amounts of damage they're going to lose blood and that animal's going to die and you could say, well, if you put it through the lungs or the heart, yeah, it could put a broad or a, a field point through lungs and heart, and it was probably going to die. But I'm talking about marginal shots. With in the past, I've had my fair share of marginal shots, right? And when that wound channel just destroys everything it touches, and you pair that with a nice heavy arrow, I'm getting penetration. I'm, I know that the Broadhead's going to perform. So wasparchery.com. Go check them out. And I got a discount code here for you. NFC20. NFC20 for 20% off. Let's see here. We got hunt stand Again, do- documenting and journaling. Every time you go into the woods, whether that's putting trail cameras in tree stands so you don't forget where they're at, whether that is locating rubs and scrapes um, good pinch points food sources like an acorn tree and what you're doing is you're journaling and documenting everything that you do in hunt stand and uh, That way you can reference it and the more data you have on a map the better chances You're going to run into deer movement and and have success whatever that success for you looks like, right? You determine the exe- the success. HuntStand just helps you document all that. The cool thing is they have the most up-to-date satellite imagery. They have all, you know, it's it's just the it's the best, most functional, like the most functionality of any hunting app. And at the same time, it's the most affordable. So you put those together, it's a no-brainer. HuntStand.com. Uh, you can download anywhere you want to. Download and there's a discount code SN two zero for twenty percent off. Vortex Optics, man, if you are looking for a uh, if you're looking for a a pair of binocular spotting scopes, range finders um, that are very very high quality, you need to go check out Vortex's website. Right, the the quality's there. That's why I work with them. The cherry on top of all of this is, yes, they have a product that will work. They have the VIP warranty is the cherry on top. And that is if you break it, whether it's your fault or somebody else's fault, they will replace it for free and get it back to you. That is superior customer service. And at the same time, the second cherry on top, right, they're dropping two cherries on you. The others is the customer service aspect of it. And you're talking about people who live this life, the shooting life, the hunting life. So they know exactly what you're going through. They can relate to your problems. And that means they can help fix the problems faster. So that's what makes Vortex a step above the rest in my eyes. So uh, there's that tethered wasp hunt stand Vortex, please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Uh, other than that, I think uh, you should go to iTunes. I think you should leave a review. And now, I think we should get into the—I don't know—the just imagine this. I, I like—I still can't believe. Just imagine knowing where the state record in your state is at. Barrett Burns does, and he's going to talk to us today about how he's going to go kill that buck. Three, two one all right on the phone with me today all the way from tennessee mr barrett burns how we doing man oh good dan how are you i'm doing good man you got big plans for the fourth man
1: <laughs> yeah i do mowing and landscaping for a living I, we're in a bad drought i really need rain in the worst way but it's looking like we're not going to get any for a while so we're just going to do some cooking out and having some drinks by the pool watching some fireworks at night i feel you
0: that's what uh, we got planned. Let's see, this, this Sunday, my family uh, and two other families in our neighborhood are, um, we always host a pre-4th of July party. So it's not on the 4th, but it's like a day or two usually in advance. And, and we go and we blow the shit out of fireworks. And we have a whole bunch of people come over. And, and it's just a really good, fun time. Here's the, here's the, the curveball, though. There's signs around my town now that say, "So in Iowa, you can buy fireworks, you can sell fireworks, but you can't light them off in, in certain places. Yeah. And so my backyard is, the border of my backyard is uh, not necess- it hasn't been deemed city limits yet right so we just go right over this little invisible line and we we throw them you know just launch them and so and so there's signs around town though that are like no fireworks no fireworks no fireworks because i have a feeling that people
1: are are kind of out to get us this year yeah no i don't really understand that i mean you know it's for the kids my kids love you know when i was a kid i was One of my favorite holidays was shooting fireworks off and having bottle rocket wars and all that.
0: (laughs) I got a permanent scar on my back from a bottle rocket war we had once.
1: But as dry as it is here, we probably will have a few little small fires here and there. Because, man, we hadn't had a a decent rain in at least a month. And we've had heat. And it's been in the 90s going on two weeks straight. And it's just, it's really dried it up quick. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, there's definitely parts of this uh, country that need rain. Here in Iowa, even uh, the rain, um, it, it we had a pretty good spring, and it was real dry before that. But now our drought index seems to be going down, so uh, we've had some decent rain, and and it's not as bad. But we've just gone through like a five or six day spell where we haven't had rain again, so uh, ground is getting dry. So you know, or the,
1: how the crops look out that way.
0: You know they look pretty good they were put in late for the most part but they usually recover pretty good we got we got rain in the forecast uh later today potentially maybe saturday um but then it we know we go another five days without it so the one of the big indicators in corn is you know how if it's real dry the leaves will roll in
1: that's that's Uh, what it's doing here
0: yeah we don't have that yet knock on well not where i'm at so knock on wood so everything seems to be on par with a good year
1: yeah i mean i know we'll get rain eventually but like a lot of our corn fields right now the top leaves are curling up and turning yellow and the yeah. farmers like right now is when they whatever stage the corn is at now is when they're really needing the rain to, to help it pollinate or germinate or whatever they use yep that's a fact all right so whole bunch of things we
0: could talk about right now but you sent me a message or well (laughs) it was last year okay and you sent me a a picture of two absolute gigantic deer right and so that's what we're going to talk about today uh and and the title of this episode i think uh, is you know i might as well i think i'm just gonna for for eye-catching reasons i'm just gonna name it potential state record that's right and so i want i want to talk about this these deer that you're hunting right and there's no mistake about it giant deer and i even asked you before we started recording are you comfortable share you know talking about this because a lot of guys if you know i'll be honest if i had a deer that big running around on any even private property that i hunted i wouldn't i wouldn't be talking about it at all yeah right so um right off the bat you have this deer all right you've watched him for a couple of years he's giant right now let's go all the way back to the beginning of when you identified this deer like what okay. year did you say oh man this guy could be something really awesome in a couple of
1: years uh let's see this will be my third year hunting these deer so two full seasons ago it was the first time I ever laid eyes on them. It was on a piece of public that I've hunted off and on, but I hadn't really messed with in, in the previous years. And I just happened to go there hunting one day, and I actually saw both of these bucks and another, you know, mature buck come out in a bean field before dark. Yeah. Which I was, I was too far to get a shot with a bow, but then I knew I, they were 200 yards from me. I watched them in binoculars for three hours. So yeah. I knew how big they were so I go go back a couple of days later and I start putting some cameras out and man I started getting pictures of them within 24 hours of getting my cameras out and this was in 2018 or- 2018, 2018. Like 20, like 20 this would have been 2019 the okay. season of 2019
0: yeah so the so summer the summer of 2019 is when you first started getting uh, pictures of these deer
1: yeah, August, August
0: of 2019. Okay, so it's a piece of public, right? And right. So when I when I think of public, I think of people tr- kind of tromping all over it, and you know, hunting pressure, especially out east, um, especially in a, a state like Tennessee. I uh, I've got buddies that hunt Tennessee, and they say, you know, uh, pressure. You know, it's it's decently pressured, right? I mean, there's you're going to run into somebody. What What makes this particular piece of public so special that you think these deer were able to get old there?
1: Man, it's a, in the same area. There's other parts of the public that I don't even mess with because it gets hammered so much. Yeah. There's such a high deer density here. That the people just, the people have been staying hunting where they've been hunting and they had, I hadn't had anybody intrude on me, not one time. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, um, it's kind of CRP type, type stuff. And most of these guys around here, they want to go off in the big woods and get in a big oak tree, you know, and just do the big wood style hunting. I'm more of the type. I've killed a lot of deer out of, you know, trees that were big around as my thigh being eight foot off the ground. Yeah. And most of my friends, they don't hunt like that. You know, they either going to use a climber or they're going to hunt on the ground, you know, a lot of people don't do the minimalist uh, run and gun type hunting that I've always done. And I, man, I feel like I've got it perfected and I'll go into spots and hunt where most other people wouldn't even get out of their truck and go mess with it just because it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things you're either going to see when I'm going hunting I'm not necessarily going deer hunting. I'm going to try to, pinpoint a mature buck and it's a lot of times it's either you see the mature buck or you don't see anything it's kind of hit or miss you yeah. know so but it sounds to me
0: like they're there for a reason though right they, and they,
1: are, they are yeah and, and this is the third year they've been there they'll a lot of times I'll have them on camera until the last two years I, I keep them on trail camera until mid-October and then about mid-October I wouldn't say they disappear, but they're gone, and then they just randomly show up the rest of the deer season. They may show up for two or three days and disappear for two weeks, or they may come back and hang around for a week and then be gone till February. It's kind of hit or miss. From from the intel I've got off of them off the last two years, if I kill these bucks, it's more than likely going to be the velvet hunt, which we have a three-day velvet hunt at the end of August i think we get to hunt earlier than anybody in the country now yeah but we had a we got a cwd problem so they let us have we get to hunt the last three the last weekend of august um if you're in a cwd county you get to use a rifle okay so and what's crazy is i mean i could hunt this deer with a rifle during the three day velvet hunt and shoot him with a rifle and kill him but I, I'm not a gun hunter, and I'm yeah. not going to change my ways. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, I'd rather not kill the buck if I had to kill him with a gun. If I'm gonna kill him, it's going to be with a bow and arrow. Or I'm not gonna kill him. Yeah. And I'm—I mean, that's being stubborn. And one of my best friends has been on me for two years, telling me, "Man, just take a gun down there, kill him, and be done with it." But I mean, I'm just—I'm stuck in my ways, man. If I'm gonna kill him, I'm gonna put an arrow through him, or I'm not gonna kill him. Yeah. I mean, you can't call your—I mean,
0: you're not a bow hunter if you use a gun you know what i mean right i mean i hadn't
1: killed a besides a doe i hadn't shot a buck with a rifle in 13 years yeah and if i did kill this buck with a rifle i would still be on cloud nine but in the back of my head the rest of my life i'd be like but man what if i would have shot him at 15 steps with a bow you know
0: for sure for sure okay so back to this piece of prop this public right um yeah so Everybody seems to be going to these traditional old old faithful spots. Meanwhile, you're, you're moving around. You're a little bit more mobile, and you come across the, these deer in this area. On, on this first year, you said there was three mature deer in there. Um, yep. One of them is this year you feel could potentially be a, a, a state record. Why don't, why don't you talk to me a little bit about what these deer were like age class and antler size, roughly best guess, um, in, in 19, when you first saw them.
1: Okay. In 19, I would say, I'm not, I'm still not sure on the age class, but I'm guessing they're six right now. So I would say when I first saw them, they were three. Okay. And we had, there was three bucks. I'd say one of them was. 160 the other two were in the high 150s they were all three over 150 okay one of them one of them's a 12 so you know he's got he's gonna have a higher he's got a big frame and long time so that's gonna help him out on his score but starting off i'd say high 150s low 160s and then they have just they have the last two seasons they have grown I mean, just uh, it's unreal. Like this year, the pictures I'm I'm getting of them compared to the exact same time this time last year, they're. I mean, I know one of them's going to be, one of them's going to be 190 inches, and the other one's going to be probably low 180s. Okay, and that's ridiculous.
0: I mean, oh, man, if,
1: anywhere in the you know in, in country, a, any weapon anywhere in North America.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. let's just take one little backward step here as three-year-olds. I mean, so the number one, these as three-year-olds in Tennessee, these deer are genetically blessed, right? They are. All right. So you ran into a pocket of something very special. What would you say the average is around there? Like you take those deer out of the equation. You didn't, you didn't know that they existed. What would you walk away with at the end of your season and go, Hey man, this, you know, this, whatever deer you ended up shooting, that's a good deer for this area.
1: Uh, t- to me, which I'm a little more picky, but 145 to 150 inches to me is, you can't pass, you know, I don't care how many deer you killed. Yeah. 140 inch deer around here is really good. 150 inch deer, you definitely ain't going to pass up. All right. So this deer, you know, since the first time I've seen them, they've been bigger than what I'm used to killing. It. And now they've grown into like, I, I'd I'd call this deer a once in five lifetime kind of buck.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, especially in Tennessee,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. All right.
0: So, you pull you pull a 140 out of the woods and let's just say a group of people are driving by. They're going to go, "Holy shit, that guy just shot a really good deer," right? So, Yeah.
1: If, if you got a 140 in the back of your truck and people see it, they're going to they're going to come over and want to look at it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. So, you started getting trail cameras up in 19. You started, you know, identifying them what did you do during the season of 2019 or did you even go in and try to hunt these deer
1: uh man i i I took it i was probably too cautious okay i kind of stayed on the edges um I, i really wanted to try to find out more intel because i knew where they were they felt comfortable for a reason and to me the reason was lack of intrusion from people yeah the last thing i wanted to do was to go up in there and let them know i was there and then them just because i mean they can they can easily be on other parts of public and be gone or get shot by somebody else if i you know if i run them off or whatever right right um i mean i I really took it too cautious but i mean saying that this year i I still plan on being cautious but I mean, when I feel like I have perfect conditions and I feel like I know I've got a good idea where I think they're bedding at, like today right now the way the way my cameras are set up, if they're moving on it, and they're in there, I've pretty much got an idea of where they're headed to and where they've been, yeah, okay so is this
0: is this piece hard to get to? Is that what makes it so? These, these deer feel comfortable or is it just straight up overlooked because it's not big
1: woods it's overlooked because it's not big woods and there's so much other great public hunting in the same vicinity that the people just they they don't make it back that far
0: gotcha gotcha
1: i, I think they're whole and you know and and the other public that the people are hanging out on I mean, they're st- you know, they're still 140s, 150s killed up there all the time. It's still great hunting, but they're not, they hadn't made it down to where I'm at yet. And they might eventually, but, you know, there's, I've got an e-bike now, so I've got ways. I mean, I'm not going, to if I got anything to do with it, I'm not fixing to let anybody know, give them any clue where I'm hunting because yeah. they may see my truck somewhere. But with my bike and the walking I do, I mean, it sounds crazy, but I may decoy my truck. I may park it somewhere to make somebody think I'm hunting in one spot, (laughs) and I'm in a totally, totally different spot. That's just the way. I I was raised by an older guy that that was old school. He taught me how to bow hunt, and he's the secretive type, don't share nothing with nobody, blah, blah, blah. So I learned a lot from him. Yeah, I've done that before. And, you know, if he knew I was – saying this on that podcast on this podcast he'd drive over here and kick my ass but he don't (laughs) he don't he's not into the technical stuff so he won't ever know about it but you know it's just I don't mind sharing it because I mean nobody I've hunt I hunt probably 10 different pieces of public within 45 minutes of my house and all my everybody knows that I hunt a little bit of everywhere so you know it'd be different if I was just hunting one piece of public all the time I probably wouldn't share this info but I'm not too worried about it, because like I said, man, I've got place, I've got ways to hide my truck, and I ride a bike in, and yeah. I'm in places that nobody would ever... Nobody would even know I was in there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So,
0: is is this... So, people go into that same area. They're just not going
1: back far enough. Right. And there's... There's accidents. I mean, there's people that drive right by it on the gravel road that I'm watching my binoculars, and they don't even... Slow down to like, you know, when I'm driving through something, I'll drive slow and kind of look out the window and see what's going on. Most of these people that drive by are looking straight ahead and listening to music and not even looking out the window.
0: Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what. I I mean, I'm trying to think of what year it was. It was like the late thousands, so like eight or nine or something like that. No, it was early thousands. It was maybe like 11 because I don't remember. I I didn't kill a deer in 2011. And so I'm. I've been hunting a piece that where you had to go down this dirt road and you had to go around, you had to park, you had to walk all the way down this cornfield. And then you had to basically J hook into big swinging J back into the timber along the creek and come up. And that's where uh, I was getting most of the action. And then I can just, re- I remember I get back in my truck and I'm driving after a morning hunt and standing right next to the road was this gigantic eight pointer. And so I started thinking like, Jesus, man, he's right next to the road. And this was probably, this was probably late October before the rut. And I just was like, he's not bedded. He can't be bedded too far from here. So I started making, I I think I found where he was bedding. So I got up, I did some, some in season scouting that next day. Uh, I came in started looking, found a whole bunch of big rubs probably a hundred yards off the road in a really thick pocket uh, right up against the field edge that was in a, a low spot and and sure enough like I didn't I didn't have any I didn't have a lot of trail cameras back then but I was, there was a ton of signs so I just assumed he was there whatever that season didn't work um, now from a terrain feature standpoint for these deer all right you've been back there you've scouted um, what what does this area look like for terrain why these deer are comfortable there
1: man terrain wise it's just flat river bottom there's no physical terrain yeah the only thing is you got old edges and woods a little growed up what used to be fields that are growed up now maybe you know a ridge through these woods is five foot higher than the rest yeah. that's what i'm calling a ridge you know yeah but man the the main thing with these deer or there's so many crops and I mean, they've got an endless supply of food and then they got, you know, the the rivers within walking distance of where they're at every day. So they, they've got water at all times. Um, You know, what worried me was being, you know, we've got the CWD issue now. So now people can rifle hunt. I mean, twice as much as we could before they made these new rules. So you would think being CWD that, you know, these deer would have done got killed. But I mean, this is going on the fourth season of CWD, you know, rifle rules and these, these deers are still walking. So they're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they're of course they're smart, but they're, they've got some kind of, they've had some kind of advantage so far. Yeah. And that's, you know, I've got to this velvet hunt to, to make plans and figure out what to do. Yeah. But I will tell you, I found out on our on our 3-day velvet hunt to me, if you got a good bucks picked out or located, in my opinion, those 3 days I've got the best my best odds of killing these bucks are during this 3-day velvet hunt. Yeah. Just because they're going to be there, I'm not saying I'll see them, the conditions that have to be right, but I I found out when you go to your truck and you get out of your truck to get dressed, if the mosquitoes are hammering you as soon as you get out, these deer ain't going to be in the woods. They're going to be in the bean fields. Yeah. That time of year, they're titty high green. It's hot, so they'll go out there. They'll lay on that cool dirt. And if you if you get thirty yards from the woods, out in the crops, the bugs leave you alone. They're they're all up in the trees. Yeah. So I found out when the bugs are bad. They're going to be out – they'll go out, and I've watched them two different times last year. They will go out in the beans and stay out there literally all day long. They may not get up but three or four times, take a dump, piss, maybe nipple on a couple beans, and then they'll lay right back down. Yeah. And they'll stay out there all day, and then I I, I would imagine when – after it gets dark, that's when they're going to get up and do their roaming and yeah. go check some scrapes and kind of mingle around and see what's going on. Yeah. And just imagine
0: how many people throughout the years – Walk right by deer that are in the woods or in the in the, the beans.
1: Man, I've been watching these deer in a field before, and have people driving down the gravel road. And when you know when these deer are so big, even when they're laying down on their legs on their bed in the beans, you can still see their horns sticking up. Yeah. But I've I've watched them when they hear that gravel popping, they'll kind of hunker down a little bit. They really don't get hit all the way, but you can tell they know when they hear that gravel popping. They know just to kind of hunker down and lay low, and then when the truck drives by, they'll kind of relax, and you'll see them kind of perk up a little bit. I mean, they they know what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so 19 season comes. You said you're a little too cautious. What did you learn about these deer in 2019?
1: Man, the main thing I got from them was, what you got to have the, the no cheating the wind whatsoever period sometimes you can get away with with some iffy winds these deer if you don't have the absolute perfect wind you don't even get in your truck and waste driving down there because they always move Yeah. every time i've seen them or i keep up with it on trail camera 99 percent of the time they got the wind in their favor when they're going anywhere yeah anywhere yeah. Okay. but to get back to the in the nineteen season during that three-day velvet hunt, when I saw them, I saw him that Friday, I missed one of these bucks the oh, next shit. morning. I was in a tree. I hunted till 9.30. It was hot. It was, it was weather like today in the 90s. It was miserable. So about 9.30, I get down, and I go over on this one spot, and I'm just glassing around. And I look back to the field that I had been hunting beside, but I couldn't see because it was around the corner. Man, you could see this deer's rack sticking up out of the beans at two hundred fifty yards with no binoculars. So I pick up my binoculars, and as soon as I see him, I knew exactly which buck it, it was. A, it was the it was one of the two big bucks, but it wasn't the biggest one. It was his at, running partner. Yeah, but at the time he had a third main beam. He was funky looking man. Yeah, but to make a long story short. I end up, I had to win in my favor. I stalked through this bean field, got within 27 yards of this deer. He never knew I was in this world. And he was facing away from me. And all I could see when he was laying down was from his ears up, like the back of his head and his horns was all I could see. And I've, I've killed deer, taken a headshot before when that's all I had. So he's looking away from me. I draw back. And I was going to shoot a square in the top of the neck. You know, I mean, it was a kill shot. You with know, With a bow? With a bow. Okay. And when I shot, it went right between his antlers. I, I guarantee you it cut some of his hair. Yeah. But this deer got up. He never once looked back to see what happened. He got up and ran through these beans and it sounded like you was driving a truck through a corner. it was the most you know you can imagine a 230 240 pound deer he wasn't bouncing he was running he didn't know what happened but anyway he got out of there and i know a lot of the listeners are going to be kind of iffy about you know wondering about taking a headshot but two weeks later in missouri which is 30 minutes from me the area i was hunting It's growed up CRP type stuff. It was the first time I ever went hunting with a saddle. I get up in my tree, was, you know, get my saddle adjusted. I look over, this this buck had gotten up out of his bed 60 yards from me. Sit there and fed for about five minutes and lay back down. And I've had this encounter enough. I told myself, I said, if he lays down, I'm getting down and going after him. I'm not going to sit here in this tree. And watch him get up at dusk and walk away from me. I'm, not go- I'm either going to kill him or I'm going to mess it up. So I get down, stalk up to within 30 yards of where I think the deer is. And I stand still for an hour and 15 minutes. Not doing nothing. Got my arrow knocked, just standing there. And then all of a sudden I hear some grass and leaves moving. This deer pops up 30 yards from me and starts walking directly away from me. He gets to 40 yards. Standing up, I can see his whole body, but he's facing six o'clock to twelve o'clock looking straight away from me yep and man i I've shot I shoot my bow five thousand times during the summer. I felt confident so at forty yards, I put the pin right on where his neck runs into his head and I shot and the deer this buck went down like you shot him with a 30 out six never never even batted a muscle walked over to him dead as it could be. Never, never, even, never even took a step. So I was confident with taking the headshot. It just didn't work out on, on this other deer. Dude, I'm, I I don't know what to
0: think of that. All right. Because even me, like I, I, I feel like I'm more killer than I am. Like the, the, the guys who say, Oh, I'm only waiting for a complete broadside shot. So I can slip it right behind the shoulder and I can double lung him. That's the only shot I'll take. I think that's bullshit, okay? I'm a killer. If I get an, if I get um, an angle to where I can put a lot of arrow in a deer, I'm going to do it, okay? Yep. And and sometimes sometimes if I'm off to the right or left, that may mean I'm hitting liver and coming out, you know, back towards the guts, you know, or that's whatever. Fine. So, I'm not afraid to take angling shots. So, what you've said here just now is that you killed a deer with a headshot, you missed a deer with a headshot and there are people right now shitting their pants oh yeah yeah because of of what you said now if you want to talk about vitals the spinal cord and the brain are considered vitals right so
1: that was my thought you know as i'm about to shoot this deer i'm thinking man all i gotta do which it's it's not a lot of room for error but i mean like i said i've practiced and i shoot my bow year round i mean i enjoy it i love it i I like to i want to be a master at what i do so i feel confident with my shooting and i knew i mean you know as good as i do if you get a bullet or a broadhead into that spinal cord it's game over period yeah they're 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 done and you know and i'm sure there's a lot of people listen to this they're like man i can't believe this guy would do this blah 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 but man you don't know how many times I've not taken a shot at, at a deer because I didn't think I had a good shot and he mows his own out of my life and I never see him again. I mean, I, I try to be ethical. The last thing I want to do is wound a deer. Yeah. Period. I, that, And you know, knock on wood, I usually don't have that problem, but you know, that's, that's my main goal. The last thing I want to do is wound a deer and be t- blood trailing for two days and not yeah. find it, blah, blah, blah. That, that makes me sick. Yeah. But at the same time i mean man if you get a shot and you feel comfortable with it you know how you can shoot nobody else can tell you how good you can shoot or what you're comfortable doing you know so yeah ideally it'd be awesome if they walked by 15 yards perfectly broadside and stopped and looked the other way but most of the time i mean with me that don't happen yeah and and another thing dan i've killed two or three bucks that were walking i was in a tree stand and they were walking to me head on and I've shot them right there in the brisket, and all three of them deer died and fell quicker than if I would have shot them broadside double lung. Yep.
0: yep. I mean,
1: I ran that arrow right up through the pump house. It got, it got heart, lungs, it got everything. Yeah. And, you know, most people won't take that shot. Yep. But I've done it enough now. If a deer comes walking in, into me 12 o'clock head on, and that's the only shot I'm going to get, I'll take it every time now because I know what it can do. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: I, that's what happened to me this year. I took a. Uh, I took, well, the deer in South Dakota I shot that I'm looking at right now, euro mounted on my wall, was a hard quartering towards shot. Right, yeah. I missed a. I missed a little bit to the back, and I hit. Um, I nicked the liver, stomach, guts came out the back end. I hit. A, I hit a whole bunch of main arteries, and he he bled out. You know, I followed the blood trail all the way to him. All right. Yeah. Pulled him out of a river. Um, the deer this year, same thing. I hit him about uh, what would you say, twelve inches below the the throat patch, right yeah. into that crease of the neck and the shoulder. Uh, oh like yeah. Right, right in the center, dead center of the chest. It did exactly what you said, right up through the heart and lungs, and he went boom, boom. He he pounced or he jumped, jumped, fell over dead.
1: And so yeah, maybe it don't matter how yeah. you get it in there if you get it in that what I'm calling the pup house and the mi- middle mass of the chest cavity and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're done yeah. in my opinion. Okay. Back
0: to the story though. All right. So we yeah. toured with this, like, I don't know how to feel about a headshot. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll say this. I, I mean, if it works, it works. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Uh, awesome. But I don't like, I'm absorbing that right now. I, I want to say, I, part of me is like that's awesome and then the other part of me is like oh just hang on a second don't don't get I, too fired up yet
1: I, i'm i'm the same way you know it's yeah. it's it's not nothing i would recommend for anybody else to do yeah and oh you know, hopefully i would never have to have to make that choice again but just in the situation i was if i didn't take that shot I was, that deer was gone. I mean, that deer was fixing to walk out of my life. That's the only option I had. Yeah. So, and you know, I tried to do it on this, this deer we're talking about in the beans and, and you know, it didn't work out with him. If, you know, if I had to sit there for another five minutes, he may have stood up and gave me a perfect broadside shot and everything might've worked out great. But at the time I done got so close in, I was like, man, you know, I got to make something happen quick before, you know, I didn't, I didn't want The wind to maybe kick around and i I didn't want him he didn't know i was there and i didn't want him to know i was there before i shot you know if he stood up he may have caught me trying to move to draw back or something and it may have blown the whole thing or he may have stood up and looked the other way and just give me a bullseye to shoot at you know
0: any other encounters with those deer uh in the 2019 season
1: uh i saw him again one other time in daylight in the in a crop field and i never the big the bigger one i've never since the first time i've seen them i hadn't laid eyes on the bigger one yet gotcha okay so then going
0: into the 20 like the 2020 season then the summer of 2020 the 2020 season did were you heavily focused on that piece again
1: Yeah. yeah as soon as season was over I'd say during February, went down there and walked and walked and walked. Because, you know, by then, I wasn't too worried about, you know, if I blew them out of there, that's, they still got eight eight months to get over it. I just wanted to go in there because there was a, a lot of pieces I hadn't walked through and seen with my own eyes yet because I thought that's where the bucks were, and I didn't want to get in there and booger them up, you know. Yeah. So I went in there and just walked and looked at every piece, found – I've got twenty trees trimmed, ready to, you know, run a gun in right now. I hadn't been in seventy-five percent of them, but when I went through there in February, if I saw a spot that I thought I might could get on them and get a shot at and be a good spot, I went ahead and got me a tree cleaned up that way. You know, that was two years ago, but I could still go get up in one of them this year and not and just maybe have to snip a few things and not have to do any major trimming. Right. Right. So you went in,
0: uh, you did some scouting. Uh, did you find in that scouting in the winter of 2020, did you find anything specifically that was, you know, that gave you good Intel,
1: man? I found four good spots, four different bedding areas where I know for a fact it's where they were bedding. And since then I've been able to adjust my cameras I don't have cameras on their beds, but I've got cameras if they get up and take fifteen steps out of their bed. I mean, the other morning at seven o'clock in the morning, I got a picture of one he's so close you can't even see his snout. You can't even see his fur. All you can see is the rack in front of the camera. That's it. He's four foot in front of my camera. And they've been and I've leave we leave I've left cameras out. I've got cameras that I hadn't pulled in two years. Yeah. I just go down there every once in a while. And they're cell cameras. So, every once in a while when when the batteries get low, I'll go down there and try to clean up and just kind of go around and touch them up, get in and get out. But, I mean, I've got cameras that I've been running since February that I ain't even had to change the batteries on yet. So, I hadn't had to go back in there and, you know, do anything. Like, until this velvet hunt, I won't go... I won't go back in there to do anything. I already know if I'm gonna kill them. I already know the trees I need to be in, or the trees I need to be in to see them to get down and go after them. Yeah. Because I mean, there's a, there's probably it's a fifty-fifty chance if I'll shoot them out of a tree or shoot them on the ground. It depends, you know. If they're out in the crops, I, I got to get down and go after them. But I've got certain trees picked out that I figured out their kind of travel pattern. And if they are on their feet in daylight, I've got some good trees that I feel like I could probably get them out of, too.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, you got this place covered in cameras right now. When when was the last time you had a picture of uh, one of these deer? Last night. Last night. Okay.
1: Yeah. So So, you yeah. know, and then is it consistent? Man, it's about every once in a while, they'll disappear for about three days. And I think it's because of the, it's been so dry. They kind of have to venture off a little further for water. And I think maybe they're just hanging out by the water for a little longer. But I'd say in a in a thirty day month period, I've got pictures of them twenty four days. So I mean, I know so you found their core area. Yeah, I've right? I've got them. I've got them pinned down. Now it's just up to me to put it right. all the pieces of the puzzle together. And make it. If it don't happen, it's more than likely gonna be my fault. It's yeah. the deer are probably more than likely gonna cooperate and be in the area. I just gotta do my job and figure out how to get get one of them on the ground. This is nuts, man. This is nuts. All right. Oh, so. it is. Dude, I mean, I lay down in bed every night. I mean, you could just imagine when you turn your phone off and lay over in the bed and try to go sleep. I mean, hell, that's all I think about. And then as soon as I wake up every morning, the first thing I do is check my pictures on my phone. Yeah. I mean, it's like clockwork, man. I mean, I just, I think about these deer every day for the last three years. So for a thousand days straight, I've thought about these deer every day. Yeah, That's nuts because I've had
0: really two, maybe three deer in my entire only, only that many in the entire, that, that entire hunting career that I only went after a deer season. Right. Yeah. And so I had one back in the, um, Late two thousands, early two thousand tens that I was chasing, uh, and then another one, a couple of years after that, and then one more like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. So in a four year period or three, yeah, four seasons there, and he he disappeared. So
1: and see, I, I'm kind of torn on what to do because with me hunting public, I've never really hunted a specific deer. Yeah, I run cameras. I just tried. My main goal has always been just to kill a mature, you know. 140 inch and up deer mature deer i'm perfectly fine with that so i've never had to like you know i've 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 put so much time in on just thinking about this deer and how to kill him and what i can do different stuff and it's that's all new to me and like last year when they when it didn't work out early season i was like man i'm gonna go hit my other spots i'm not gonna just zone in on this deer and miss out on hunting good deer and other places that i that i typically get on but i will say this year as long as i have the the conditions are right that i can go hunt them i'm going to go hunt them every day until they disappear or somebody else kills them yeah and if it you know if if it's about it's not a good place to hunt where i hunt it's not good with the west wind so anytime i have a a wind that's not good for down there i'm just going to go to my other spots you know and there'll be a lot of days I, the weather it's not going to be right for me to go down there after them but yeah. as long as i'm getting pictures of them i know they're alive and i've got good conditions to hunt them i'm going to go hunt them okay and i may waste you know i may waste 75 percent of my season and not kill one of them but it, it ain't gonna be for lack of trying because i'm fixing the i'm gonna try to do anything i can I'm just going to try to put together everything I've learned over the last 12 years of bow hunting and just try to, you know, think outside the box. That's that's my best way to describe it. Like, I'm trying to think and do stuff that other hunters wouldn't do. Yeah. Because w- what all the other hunters have been doing hadn't killed these deer. And what I've been doing hadn't killed them so far. So I've got to do something different. And they're moving in daylight. It ain't like they're nocturnal. I mean, they get nocturnal, but especially early season, I mean, I've... <laughs> I've got so many pictures of them in daylight, so they, you know, they can be killed because they're getting up on their feet before the sun goes down. So that's one thing I got on my side. They're comfortable where they're at right now. Yeah. They don't know. I mean, they don't know that I'm you know that I've got cameras watching them right now. They'll walk. I've had deer that get spooky when I put a camera up. These deer, they'll walk five feet in front of them and. The, from the pictures I get from them, it's like they never even know what that camera's there. Okay. Dang. All right. So, dude, this is crazy because
0: right now, it's almost like you're just waiting in line to be the first one at some Black Friday sale.
1: Right? Oh, yeah. It's it's ridiculous, yeah. man.
0: I mean, you know where they're betting. I'm
1: not good. I don't have good patience. I right. I mean, I'm, you know. Right. So, but like it amazes me, which I know deer shed and start growing earlier than other deer. But like, from a lot of the hunters, I follow just a crap ton of hunting people on Instagram, and I can honestly tell you, man, I have not seen a deer anybody put a picture up of a deer anywhere in the country this year that's got as much bone on their head as as these two deer do right now. Jesus man, I don't know if that, I don't know if it's because maybe they started growing earlier than others or what, but like I said. They're for sure both Boone and Crockett. And the bigger one of the two, I feel confident saying he's going to be between 190 and 200. Yeah. And I didn't ever think I would be able to say I could hunt something that might be close to a 200-inch deer without having to go pay a guide fee and go hunt somewhere, you know. This is on
0: public land. Public public ground. Yeah.
1: Public ground in Tennessee. This place is... 40 minutes north of my I mean, it's a 40-minute drive from my house. It's not too far from Kentucky, but it's, I mean, it's public ground that gets hunted hard and always has. I mean, it's, yeah. it's where I cut my teeth on hunting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right now, there's some guy listening going, man, I'd love to find out where that spot is. Meanwhile, it's probably the the spot that that guy hunts.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and if not, he's drove by there uh, 20 times and just, right. You know, he's he's wanting to go get in these big woods and go hunt a draw or the edge of a slough or something where I'm just a big CRP guy. I like I like where I can see a long ways. Like a place I hunt in Missouri, I mean, it's just a big lake bed. It used to be a lake bed. Now it's just grown up. And early, like, if you tried to go walk through it right now to put a camera out, you, you would go 50 yards and you would say, screw this shit and turn around and go back to the truck. Yeah. Stick tights. Just bugs, just grass, eight foot tall. But then you go in there early November. You can get, I can get up in certain trees, and I could see a buck with good binoculars. I could see a buck stand up at seven hundred yards. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that type of terrain, you know. All right, I
0: want to. I, I gotta. I'm gonna fast forward just a little bit because we're running short short on time here. But okay, so obviously you didn't kill any of these deer in 2020 or 2021. Okay, no. but Just a real quick answer, did you have any encounters with these deer in 2020 or 2021?
1: I saw both of them in in the daylight last year, not together at two different times, and it was during the velvet hunt and the first two weeks of season. After that, I've I've yet to lay eyes on them hunting from the first week of October on. I've got plenty of pictures of them in daylight, but... You know, it's just, I mean, I guess it's something I do. I just haven't been able to put the pieces of the puzzle together yet. Yeah. But I ordered a big map last year of this property, and I've got it hanging up in my hunt room on the – and, man, I'll go in there at night and just stand there for 10 minutes and just looking around and just trying to – I've got have got a couple plans this year, a couple spots that I, I hadn't tried yet, and my cameras are telling me that I, I should probably get in there and try – try some different areas and that that's my plan right now is to i'm not starting from scratch but i'm going to be hunting different trees and different ways than i did last year so basically you have these deer surrounded pretty much okay pretty much
0: so you have you've had months now i mean since the end of the the season last year until now you even have a couple more months you basically have two full months until that velvet season kicks in you're staring at your maps. When you vision, when you vision this hunt going down, where you, you draw back and you arrow this new potential state record. How do you envision this whole thing going down? Be as detailed as possible. Talk about access routes. Talk about wind direction. Talk about trees. Talk about where he's coming from to where he's going. Okay.
1: From from the times I've seen him. And what my cameras are telling me, I think, and this sounds crazy being early season. I think if it goes down, it's going to go down in the morning. Um, I think it's going to be on an edge. Like I, I probably, if I'm in a tree, more than likely, I'm going to shoot them in the crops or coming coming out of the crops, coming coming back into bed. I think it's going to be, be on the edge. It's probably going to be either a first 30, 45 minutes of the day or the last two hours of the day in the afternoon. But every time I have encountered deer, they've all, anytime I've hunted this place and I've I've encountered deer, it's so thick in certain areas. Man, when they come by they're every deer that I've ever seen, I could shoot just about. I mean, they're all 15 to 17 yards from my tree. I mean, I've got my trails and, and my spots picked out i just hadn't i hadn't linked up and been there on the right day or, or you know whatever but i think if i kill the one of these deer i think it's going to be through the three-day velvet hunt at the end of august in my opinion i think it's going to be that or nothing
0: I think so don't just don't,
1: the way the, the the way the crops are they'll be lush green so they'll be they'll be hammering in fields um, which they already are but I mean, I think I could be wrong. You know, I wouldn't mind shooting it, shooting them during the rut, chasing a doe right up under my tree. But if I had to bet my paycheck on it, I'm gonna kill him that Friday, Saturday, or Sunday of that velvet hunt. but I, I say 75 percent chance if I kill him, that's when it's gonna happen.
0: That's tough, man. I man, mean, it's the window's it's so to, small. To to
1: think about them all year and then and then. Honestly, tell yourself, you know, if I do kill him, it's probably going to be within this three-day period. That that's tough, and that, it's it's frustrating, but I, I it's challenging. And I mean, I I accept the challenge. I know it can be done. I mean, I know my odds are I, I probably won't kill him, but I know that he can be killed. And if I can just line up and do put get me a good plan together, I mean, man, I think I can make it happen. I feel I feel confident. And so, from a from a
0: time frame standpoint, at some point he disappears, right? In in
1: October he disappears, or in September he disappears. It, usually, when the beans when the beans drop their green leaves, when they start turning brown and they're not green no more, that's usually when they're they kind of turn more sporadic. You know, they may not show up for five days, and then you may get pictures of them for two or three days straight, and then you might not see him or get another picture of them for a, for three weeks but i think until them beans turn I, i've i've got them where i want them then if i don't get them by the time them beans turn it's pretty much a crap shoot after that gotcha because during the rut they will i mean these deer will travel i mean we've known by running cameras in other areas i mean it ain't nothing for these deer to travel two miles in 24 hours they could be told you know they could be a lot ways away from us you know in half a day so it's nothing for them to get up and leave but they always come back they always come back at the end of the season and they're always there through early season so that's why i'm saying my first you know either that velvet hunt or my first two or three hunts of the regular season that's gonna be that's gonna be my best opportunity no doubt i tell
0: you But to
1: throw and and of course me, I gotta make things even more complicated. Last year I started traditional hunting. I got me a recurve and got into that. Killed me a good deer with it last year. So I've made my mind up. I mean, it's people are gonna call me crazy, my best friends tell me I'm a damn idiot. But I'm hunting one hundred percent with my recurve this year. So if I kill this deer, it's gonna be with a stick bow or it's gonna be with nothing. So You're an idiot. you're an idiot. Oh, yeah, I'm you're either, so stupid. I am either an idiot, or I'm going to be the happiest guy. Oh, in you'll be
0: a you'll be the king, the dude. Two. If you slay this deer, you're going to be the king, man. You know where oh, he's dude, at. If I
1: shot this deer with a recurve, I don't even know if I could stand to be around myself for about a week.
0: You just retire. You just retire from your but, job. Live off the proceeds from you know going around all the trade shows, telling
1: your story, sell well, it on, to man. tell sell it to a magazine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, that's, you know, I may, I, may, I may look back and want to grab that damn recurve and break it over my leg. Yeah. But, knock on wood, I mean, most, I'd say 90% of the deer I got on my wall, I shot within 25 yards. Yeah. You know, and t- about 28 to 30 is my max with a recurve on a good day. So, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, man. I, I, are you going?
0: Are you? Is it all or nothing on these two? The these two deer, or 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 are if a one fifty, walks out, in that same velvet period that you don't know about, are you going to shoot him, or are are is it all or nothing on this early season for one of those two big deer?
1: It's all or nothing because I've got a 150-ish type deer running with them right now. And in you, he, he'd he be the biggest deer I've ever killed with a bow. Yeah. But, I mean, I can honestly say, if I go there on that velvet hunt and that 150 walks by me, I'm not picking my bow up. And, I've been, I mean, I've, been I've, there. Never, I've never passed a deer that big myself, just because where I live, you can't really pass 150s. But the situation i got going on right now, if that 150 walks by me, I'm just going to get my phone out and video him because I'm not – he's not who I'm there to kill. Right. You know, right. it's all – yeah, it's all or nothing. It's it's one of these two books bucks or nothing in this in this certain area. Now yeah. I'm not saying I won't venture off and go somewhere else, but as long as I'm getting pictures of them and I know they're in there, I'm not leaving. I don't care if if they hang out till November, then I'll be going there till November. So why don't you go and try to find them
0: where they moved to? Or is that on like a private piece you think?
1: Well, the thing is where they go when they when they leave it, they majority of the time i'm thinking they're on private and then the public sometimes probably man it's just so many people hunting it i just i've i've dealt with in there having people on top of me and they hunt with rifles during certain parts of the year they'll get to take their rifle and i just man i you'll drive by some of them spots and it'll be five trucks within half a mile parked off the gravel and they're all gun hunting and man i just let them have that I don't even want to go up there and compete with that. I'd rather go stick to my own thing and maybe not kill one. But, you know, as long as I've got some encounters, I'm happy with that. It's not all about the kill me, but I've gotten so obsessed with these deer. I mean, I've got them named, like my wife. I could show her a picture of one of them. She'd tell you which one it is. I mean, she knows as much about them as anybody. (laughs) That's all I've talked about for two and a half years. Woo buddy. But for for her sake, I want to kill it. Just so I, ain't, she ain't got to hear about it no more. Right. That's all. She's no, heard about.
0: no, because what's going to happen is you'll shoot that one. You won't tell anybody where you found it, and, and then, then the next go year you'll go in and go get the next
1: one. That's right, because that's man, they've been breeding for the last three seasons. I mean these these big ass bucks have been breeding, and I think this one fifty that I'm getting on camera from the genetics looking of his rack, I think it's one of one of their kids. So i mean they're doing their job even if something happens and i don't kill these two deer i think i'm gonna have another good little crop coming up from from their offspring
0: heck yes sir well i tell you what barrett man best of luck to you dude you got to come back on regardless of the outcome I, I need you to come back on at the end of the season or maybe even sooner um of this velvet hunt that you did we got it we need an update because uh oh,
1: dude i I'll keep in touch with you. And when something goes down or something don't go down at the end of the season, or whatever, we'll get back together and I'll recap you. And hopefully we'll be putting up a picture of me and about a 195 with a recurve. <laughs> <and then laughs> on I the cover of a magazine, me. man. Hey, we'll meet up in a trade show and I'll buy you a beer.
0: Yeah, I'll buy you a beer. So That's right. All right, my man. Well, good luck. Keep me posted. And, and you keep an eye on that spot, man. You too, Dan. Good to hear from you and have a good season, man. And there you have it. Huge shout-out to Barrett, man. Man, I'm sending good vibes your way, brother. Hopefully, you connect uh, in late August when that uh, season comes in. Huge shout-out to Tethered. Huge shout-out to Hunt Stand. Huge shout-out to Wasp. Huge shout-out to Vortex. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. iTunes, leave a review. Stitcher, leave a review. Wherever you download... Your podcast, leave a five-star review. Let everybody know that the Nine Finger Chronicles is a badass podcast, man. I'm, I'm confident. I, I think the content that I put out is, man, second to none. And so I'm up there with with the big dogs, in my opinion, right? So tons of great content. Other than that, good vibes, man. It's that time of season. It's that time of year where we need to start putting in the work behind the bow right we need to start shooting we need to get our gear ready we need to make plans and that way the wife is happy the girlfriend's happy or the kids are happy and to take care of that and then when it comes time to hunt you can hunt hard with no regrets man and that's the goal so good vibes in good vibes out wear your safety harness and we'll talk to you next time